goodness, everyone. Welcome to Take uh, Take 90. The tradition of trying to make the host and the intro person laugh is still going. So thanks to both of you. Um, we've we we've got we've got a sweet show ahead that we have been teasing for like the last few days. We are super hyped. We've got a very special guest on here. We are going to be talking about her, the TV show that she has been on on YouTube called King Esther. Talk about what that was like, her acting experience, and she has a new short film that just got picked up by the Museum of Modern Art in New York, directed by Tourmaline and produced by the Baba Yaga himself, Keanu Reeves. And then to round it all off, we have not teased this, but we've got a special movie review. We are doing a review of Cinderella from 1997 with Brandy and Whitney Houston. Um, I cannot wait to talk about that. I think, I think we're all super hyped to talk about that. And then to go over and top it all off, like every guest does on every take, we will get Rowan's top five. So without any further ado, she is the star of the four-time Emmy-nominated King Esther, which you can find on YouTube. She's the star of Salacia. She's the star of basically every big thing that's going to be coming up. You heard it here first. And she's Emmy-nominated, please, for all the sweets. Rowan, I meant to ask you this. How do you pronounce your last name? Amone? Amon. Amon! <laughs> That's it. Close. I like that, though. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We... Uh, how's quarantine? <laughs> Thank you for house. having me. Um, quarantine is cool. I am with my partner, so I am quarantine bait up, so I'm good. <laughs> Let's go. Boot up. All right, right before the holiday. Like, way before cuffing season. I guess oh, yeah, cuffing totally. season started in March. Oh, <laughs> Cuffing season was alive and well in March when the pandemic hit. Absolutely. So, so if you were not with a bay then, I am sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know what? I've got my dog out here. So if anyone needs pictures of a dog, at least we've. Oh, that's we, bae. Oh, <laughs> daddy, daddy, come here. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold her up. She doesn't want to get hold up. That's okay. Okay, but you're the first person to be positive, somewhat positive about uh, quarantine. Have you? learned any skills have you learned how to knit have you learned how to play the guitar i don't know or even nothing i have learned how to sit my butt down <laughs> i am usually a busybody, so i have definitely learned how to slow down a bit yeah and that is a skill that i did not possess before quarantine <laughs> hey wow. being able to sit back and relax absolutely is a skill because i mean it we like to be busy. A lot of that's that's human. So being able to just take a break, take a deep breath. That's why we have TVs. Yes, I have watched almost every show possible now. So thank you, quarantine. I'm caught up. What's yeah. your go-to? What's the best show you've watched so far? Uh, so far, I've been ca catching up on my two favorite shows, The Bold Type and uh, Younger, which is um, like freeform shows. I'm obsessed. Oh. Wasn't Freeform ABC Family? Is that what it was? Like yeah, 10 years ago or something? Yeah, it was. And that was on like Hulu, like streaming and like I am now. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what is what are they about? I've never heard of either of them. Uh, Younger is starring Sutton Foster, who is a Broadway legend and uh, Hilary Duff, actually. Um, and it's about uh, this 
book publishing company um, and uh, Sutton Foster's character is pretending to be a 27 year old to get the job so it's about like misogyny and patriarchy and and, uh, women defying social norms of like you have to be a certain age to be in this industry now and all that jazz let's go Hella good, y'all got <laughs> Rowan, you, you had me at Hillary Duff. Yes, oh, Lizzie McGuire, forever my fave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'll i always remember that, being like, oh, you know, my sisters would want to watch it. I'm like, oh, no, oh, Lizzie. But no, secretly I was like, oh, let's, let's throw let's that back on. Let's <laughs> exactly. go. Exactly, you learned so much. <laughs> Everyone loved Let it. me chime in. I My sister and I used to watch That's So Raven growing up. Listen, <laughs> That is a dream show. If Raven ever called me, Ray, I am available. I love you. I've been practicing my vision face since I was like nine. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see it. Okay, hold on. You're, you're getting one right. Let's see it. I love it. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's. See, great. I mean, hire me. Hello, Ray. I am here. <laughs> Ray and Roe, we could do this. <laughs> Man, I, that's, I mean, when we watched That's So Raven, my mom would come in and start laughing, and she would love the show, so. Perfection. Ahead of its time, That's So Raven she, was. I think she just got engaged or married. Yeah, she did. Um, we don't, I don't know the person, but congrats to her. I love Ray, so. Shouts out Raven and her partner. Yeah. yeah. I saw it really briefly, but I didn't, you know. Like, Shout out to Queer like Love. Oh, let's go. <laughs> you know what, and let's. Let's let's that's I think that's a perfect that's a perfect segue into this. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Rowan. Rowan Amon. I that's I love how you pronounce the last name, Amon. Thank you. Uh a little bit about Rowan. I am a 20-something-year-old multidisciplinary <laughs> artist from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> shout out Who Dat Nation. Who Dat Nation. <laughs> um, I am a sister, a now wife. Uh, I am a cancer. Uh, I don't know if Zodiac astrology people out there. Um, I am a overachiever and I'm also very, very shy. So y'all bear with me today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Unreal. And she's got and she's got a hat on that says meow on it. Which, I mean It looks great. My spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> we actually I have a cat at my parents at my parents' house. It's a nice little orange tabby named Mitty. Oh I am dying oh. to get a cat. My we'll send you <laughs> My husband is allergic, so we gotta we gotta see how we can do that. Oh. <laughs> You just sneak, just sneak them in. Sneak her in, whatever cat you get. Just put the allergy medicine in the food, you know. Mm. Won't even know. Mm. <laughs> Fancy feast. <laughs> you know what? TC, TC is from Louisiana. Well, originally born there, TC. I don't know when you moved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like two months old when we moved. So I'm from Utah, but I am born, gosh dang it, in Louisiana. My roots are there. I am Cajun. Hell yes. <laughs> so... No, I got to say this uh, about Rowan because I just met her. Um, we're just on the Skype call, and Kamiko actually uh, talked to Rowan last week. But Rowan, seriously, like you are one of the kindest souls I've met. Like even just conversing with you on Instagram, absolute sweetheart. So thank you. Thank I don't you. believe you for us. I don't believe you for a second that you're shy. What? You're very outgoing and very sweet. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank y'all so much for having me. I am literally sweating to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And so you are currently living in California, from what you've said. Yes. And you and TC have another city in common, which is New York City. The Big yes. Apple. Yes. The Big you Apple. You've lived there for a couple years. What What took you from New Orleans, where you were born and raised, to New York? Uh, better opportunity. Um, New Orleans is definitely the like home of the arts for music and dance and, and theater, but um, I just needed a, a bigger stage for my big personality, I guess. Um, so um, I moved there in hopes of going to school. I didn't end up going, um, but I found everything else, like acting and um, recording and and everything and dance as well so yeah that's so uh, did did you always want to be an actor or was it just kind of you went to new york just for opportunities yeah um with acting is it kind of was happenstance um i went to new york initially to become a professional dancer um and after doing that and gracefully transitioning out of that and then moving into um a career in recording, um, music recording, uh, acting just kind of fell into my lap. Um, it's something that I dabbled in in my past life with theater and, you know, little commercials here and there, but it's never something that I thought I could do seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. And now, okay, music. You mentioned music. You start, what, what kind of music were you making? Where is the link so we can share it in the description of the podcast? <laughs> yes. Listen to it. How, how was that? What kind of music were you making? I was making alternative rock and R&B uh, in New oh. York. So super underground. Um, I'm everywhere on, on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud as well. I'll link y'all later. Um, <laughs> I don't even plug it anymore because it's been so long. But definitely that was my heart and soul in New York. Um, I literally, that's how I ended up booking King Esther, actually, um, through my performing arts career in music. So, yeah. Dang, did you, were you going to, I mean, so you said you were kind of looking to go to school, but did you just end up getting experience in dance that led you to those positions, you know, to the King Esther opportunity? Yeah, it was backup dancing. So I was backup dancing for um, artists like Cakes the Killer, uh, for um, other underground artists uh, like Dulcinea de Trois and Boy Radio. And um, through there, I was looking to get into my own career uh, and with little to no help uh, from my predecessors, I kind of did my own thing and, and made this really cheap video, this really under under experience making. My, so I guess my first film technically was my music video for You Lost Me. Um, and I sent it over to this um, music rep guy that actually ended up repping King Esther. Um, for a year and to no avail <laughs> I got a call about King Esther and that's how that came about so dang and when, when was King Esther shot uh it was shot in New Orleans in 2018 2018 yeah and it was a like about seven seven or eight days we shot it so seven episodes in seven days yeah dang dang yeah. that had to be pretty I'm I'm assuming pretty stressful that quick it was grueling and it was my first time like doing like such a major uh, a major speaking role actually so I was stressed I actually uh, the director Dewey will tell the story but I quit 
the day before <laughs> the day before filming because I was like, I can't Whoa. do this. This is insane. There's no way I'm this new actor that's gonna lead this series and it's gonna go anywhere. So I'm sorry, I have to leave tonight. Um, <laughs> I didn't end up leaving because the series is here. But yeah, spoiler, it was crazy. <laughs> it was so scary. Okay, we're, let's let's give a. Do you want to give, give us the like your best understanding of the plot of King Esther? You know, coming from King Esther herself. Yeah. Ah, the best description I could think of is um, it is the story of a black trans, an underprivileged black trans woman in 2005, uh, and it chronicles the seven days leading up to Hurricane Katrina and her life within uh, society and her uh, familial um, habitants. So it's a seven minute uh, little mini series that everyone can see on YouTube and it is filled with love and trauma and uh, pain and hope so yeah it is so raw is like a great like it it gets on every it touches every emotion that you have and like when we say this you immediately like leap off the screen the first moment that you're shown like and it does not stop until the end of the series thank you <laughs> absolutely phenomenal the i mean there's no wonder like it, it no wonder you're nominated for an emmy to be really honest because for me the character of esther being a black trans woman it doesn't matter who you are she's so relatable thank and you when like when you're reading the script what went through your mind of how can I portray Esther? What is what is my route or my path to make sure that this character comes to life that helped inspire your performance? Um, what grabbed me in the script was, like you guys said, was the <clears throat> the realness and the rawness of her. Um, like we have had shows like Pose and we've had shows um, that have kind of glamorized uh, the trans the black trans woman's life. So what really stuck with me was she was stripped down and she was really in your face and she was unapologetic. And for me as a black trans woman as well, in my life, I don't necessarily move that way. I kind of um, hide or try to move within the cracks of the system so that I'm not, you know, caught or clocked or you know harassed or whatever and I just loved her her unabashedfulness and her her unwillingness to like accept no for an answer in any regard in any space that she showed up in um so it just was imperative to me to play the authenticity of that of who she is or who black trans women are in this world um just unapologetic and here to take up space so yeah yeah, no, you you portrayed that really well, and my my favorite scene was I think it was episode four when you walk in and you approach King, and there's just so much emotion in that confrontation, and you can just feel that leaping off the screen. So that was that was a really good scene that I really enjoyed. So hats off, like really good job on that part. Thank you. That was. Oof. That was a tough scene for sure. Cause was that was there was there like one scene or one moment? Because I've heard like actors when they read their script, they're just they dread 
a scene that they're like, oh no, I'm gonna have to get really emotional. Was that one of them, or is they that was definitely scene? one of them? I, I mean, I have brothers of my own. Uh, conversations like that have happened, um, are happening now. Uh, so it was very a very emotional day um, on set to film that, and I literally, I mean, it was we had to stop filming sometimes because I was crying throughout. Um, oh, man. I couldn't even like get words out or like we finally got a good enough take I guess where I'm like running through the words because I just like could not stop crying so yeah definitely <laughs> it's it's so you you know for me this interview is is really amazing because I, I when I spoke with you last week um uh my, my brother-in-law is trans and my brother Jay I, I he's absolutely one of my best friends and we have another friend Aaron who's trans and so to be able to see like the portrayal he watched it and he felt and looks to you as I mean it is from his own words as kind of a role model of someone who's been able to go through and reach this status that I mean I don't know that maybe a lot of people who are trans don't I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you ever imagine yourself being in this position, starting and going into performing arts? Absolutely not. Um, especially not coming to terms with my identity and and accept. Well, not coming to terms with accepting my identity as being trans and thinking of how can I even have a career now? You know. So I this everything the Emmy nomination even having a series having MoMA honoring you know the work I've done is it's honestly it's insane because I I mean we don't even have a a life expectancy past a certain number so this is all crazy and a role model for other trans people I can't accept it I won't accept it because I'm I don't even I'm still trying to find my own like I'm happy to be inspiration like guys just be kind to me and gentle with me as I'm trying to navigate because that is too much to take on but thank y'all is has it now just hit you or was there a specific moment where you realized like wow like I I am carrying this not like it's not like you're a spokesperson but it's like people are looking up to you like how is that I know you've kind of answered it a little bit but is there it's so weird it's um the moment i think uh probably when it the series got picked up by isa um because it's now on her youtube channel which is crazy because she's one of my inspirations so i think that moment i was like wow i'm going to be visible like that's that's um a, a theme right now in society is trans visibility so for someone who has been fighting to be seen and to be heard to actually now be seen and be heard i i was like no thank you i'm okay <laughs> um that <laughs> i don't think i want that anymore so i since that moment i've been in complete awe and now with an emmy nomination i'm just like even more visible it's I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know what to do, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so I, I don't think anyone would. I don't even think, like, even if you're, you, I'm going to say when, when you get Oscar nominated or anything like that, like, I don't think anyone can understand the burden that comes with, like, 
representing a community yeah anything like that or even just being yourself like it's so crazy to be on that big of a stage but from what i from what we've interacted with you is you're you're so humble and so nice that i think that that's just how you are and you'll continue to carry that wherever you end up going yeah people are people are definitely we can we can all experience that our gravity you know they are gravitated towards humble people and no one really likes arrogant people they like to be built up and so yeah yeah (laughs) and you're doing a great job of that Rowan. and that's so sweet that uh keeks your brother-in-law had those words to say so that's that's awesome thank you yeah and who were okay so this was actually a question he asked and i asked you and to give you a little bit of time to prepare is as a trans woman coming into the film industry, what were some roadblocks that you experienced? Oh, the number one is desirability. Um, to play a trans person, either they want you to look trans, whatever that means, um, or they want you to look um, uh, cis-assumed, um, as if you have never been trans. So me being this very eclectic unique looking person it's been a difficult um task for me to acquire roles because i don't look so much of this as i look so much of that so it's it's definitely been an image thing uh which has definitely killed the ego a lot and killed the self-esteem a lot because it's like yes i i know i'm talented and i want these roles and i want to be you know representing my community but i don't want to represent my community in that way um but also you don't want me to so it's yeah and then it's it's, and then it's the uh the monolithic characters that they're giving us to play like um i don't just very stand like i don't know it can be yes representation is important but like it can be very degrading to just always get a script for a sex worker and yes we need to uplift that work because sex work is work i am all about that um but it's for like I want something expansive. I want to go to work like uh, any other woman and place something outside of my social norm, right? So um, I could go on and on, but those are just a couple. <laughs> we we love it, and we we expect that we'll keep touching on it throughout the interview because it's it's really important. Um, last night and today, have you seen the documentary Disclosure on Netflix? I have, and I'm obsessed. Shout out to Laverne Cox and everyone in that angelica ross who is my executive producer is in there too oh that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah it's it's a beautiful um i think honoring to our community and the struggles that we have been going through for years and are still going through and i think that work is necessary yeah it's because as you're talking about this, I, as I'm watching it, I, it made me realize that everyone's, you know, it, there was a statistic in the documentary that mentioned only 80% of people know someone who's trans. Or no, 80% of people don't know anyone who's trans. And their only depiction of, right. of trans people is is in media. Right. And like you said, all the descript- depictions, um, it talks about uh, Ace Ventura when he finds out that he's kissed a trans woman, mm-hmm. he starts to vomit. Mm-hmm. And we get, uh, like you said, they're sex workers, but it, it, it's not like. And your your character, King Esther, is a tra- is a sex worker, but it's she, it's what described as survival sex work. Mm-hmm. So she's she has dreams and has aspirations, and that's what I think sets her apart. Like you said, is these trans characters that we see should embody like all trans people and trying to 
I mean, what 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 would you hope that you can portray being a trans woman yourself in film and TV? Um, I I'm, I also think that the sex worker narrative is necessary. I just want more trans people to be behind the lens, behind the script, um, in front, like you know, every in every part of the process, because then it has this um, this this. Uh, skewed gaze on on sex work and it's it becomes like fetishization and and just it's wrong and I feel like if we have more representation behind the camera then that'll just push the stories forward for in front of so yeah I I mean for my for myself I just want to I want to play anything and everything um I don't want to be limited I feel like I've just been very limited I've played a sex worker three times now. I mean, yes, I'm Emmy nominated, and yes, I'm in the MoMA, but I mean, I just want more for us. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to come because we really believe and know that you can have that talent. So I hope hope these walls start coming down where there'll be more opportunities for, uh, you know, trans people that to really act all verses and not just stay limited so that'd be awesome to see hell yeah yeah i think i think i th- I, and I think hollywood is slowly doing it slowly, slowly. but surely <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so for you know for for anyone who's listening who maybe doesn't know someone who's trans and wants to help support like the trans film community or just the trans community what are the best ways that people can get involved and be able to support you know uh, these creators that want to bring their stories and bring them to life? Um, I, it's really uh, an Instagram or Google search away. There's so many lists out there. Um, there are um, like the LGBT Center and uh, so many different organizations like um, like Black Trans Futures or Transsex Social and so many others that they can just go on Instagram and find. Um, I'll link you guys some later too. Um, where they can just donate, really. You don't even have to like give your input. Just give money to trans folks to make their own stories. Boom. Mm-hmm. It, we are, seriously, it's, it's exciting because seeing this glimpse into King Esther is amazing. And it's so relatable. And everyone, go watch King Esther. Go search it on YouTube. Super easy. A great watch speeds right by. Um, to transition over is... Now, you were involved in this project with Dewey Gerard, And also, your mother, in the TV show... The, 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 the queen of all moms of TV, the Aunt Viv. How was that being able to work with her? Oh my God, the original Aunt Viv, yes. Uh, Janet Hubert, I love her so much. Shout out to her. She is the most, I mean, even more kind and gentle and humble that you guys think I am, she is that. Um, She was really a a gift to work with. She was so super, super generous. Um, She dropped some gems on me about being a, a black 
not even a black trans actress because she's not trans, but just being a black woman in Hollywood and being um, being able to speak up for myself and to you know have integrity and to have backbone and to really just um, honor myself like I honor my work. So it's it was a ugh, it was a blessing. I can't wait to see her again after this crazy stuff is over. <laughs> Do you do you still talk with her much since? Yeah, she uh she's also nominated for an Emmy for King Esther for best supporting oh, actress. So awesome. um she's been in my DMs. We usually communicate that way through Instagram. So she's been sending love and light through the pandemic. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who who needs texting or WhatsApp anymore? Just you know, if you get a DM from Aunt Viv, I mean, <laughs> what are text messages? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how we communicate. Just send memes. That's so sweet. Now, I want to ask a question. Uh, obviously, working with you know her and some other people, Keanu Reeves. Who is one person, and I'm, I'm talking anybody. It could be a producer, director, writer, fellow actor. Who is one person that you would just be like, yes, my dream? Who would that be? Kind of on the spot here. Brandy. <laughs> I, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get- Brandy, hi. It's it's me, Rowan. Hi. <laughs> Anything she wants me to do, like literally, I will get her coffee. I mean, I don't want to just do that, but I will do that if I can just hang out with Brandy. Honestly, <laughs> you know, we'll make it happen. Brandy, come on the pod. Come on, Brand. I'm here. <laughs> You're on a nickname basis. I mean, you guys already basically know each other. I, seriously, I feel like I'm her child. So let's just make this introduction formal, like informal, and let me just sleep at your house forever. Gosh. <laughs> let, let me live in your basement or your attic. Somewhere. Or just with I you mean, in your room. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm down. I'll bring, I'll bring the chips. So, you know. And salsa. I heard she likes that. So. Oh. <laughs> oh. She's a girl from my own heart. I love chips and salsa. My babe. Mild pay salsa is just so generic, but it is so good. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) The pay salsa? Yeah, it's good. Who eats pays? This guy. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta step your salsa game up. There's so many flavors out there. I know. Bro, I'm gonna bring you a nice... There's so out here in Arkansas, they sell a salsa called Mateo's. And okay. it is so good. They just sell it in Walmart. Ooh. Uh-huh. It's unreal. The medium, because it's got a little bit of kick, but not too much kick. Now, see, it's perfect. I'm from Louisiana. We love spicy, so. Yes. Girl, I'm yes. going to send. Uh, it, it was your birthday last week. We're going to talk after this. We got a little care package we want to send you. Oh, yes. Um, okay. Okay. I, I okay, might have what? to throw in a bottle, a nice hot bottle of, of Mateo's salsa. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. One more quick question. Rowan, when you eat jambalaya, do you have your corn mixed in or no? Absolutely. Yes. Good. Okay. How else do you eat jambalaya? <laughs> I thought I was I thought I was the only one. So <laughs> You gotta put it in there. It's like an extra little flavor. Mm-hmm. Sweet corn or are are you doing like what kind of corn are you doing though? Uh just co- corn. Like <laughs> Like whole kernels. Okay. I was like, don't be putting no little cream corn in there. That's nasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get, some, we'll get some good corn on the cob in there. Some fresh corn. Awesome. Okay. That's all I need to know. We're good. We're good. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Okay, and you know what? As as we're as we kind of, I not even to the end of, but just like the King Esther talk with Dewey Gerard, being able to work with him. What kind of experience or maybe tips did you get with him where you're like, oh, directing might be something I want to do or to help with your acting? How was that? Um, working with that guy was so interesting. He has a very unique process. Um, when I got the role, he kind of just sent the script and sent revisions and then sent more revisions and then we filmed. Um, (laughs) so it was very, um, scary but also liberating because I got to uh, have so much freedom with the role so what you do see on uh, film is uh, really a cultivation of both of us his words and my I guess improv because I really didn't have much training before this so yeah it was really cool Um, I definitely want to be a director now because I love the intentionality of the work and I also love working with people and helping them develop um, the storylines and the arcs and, and all that zhuzh. So, yeah. <laughs> zhuzh, I like that. Now, and then, so I guess contrasting Dewey Gerard, I guess we can kind of go in now to Salacia, this project that you've done with the Museum of Modern Art that's been picked up by them. Uh, Tourmaline, is that how you pronounce her name? I think yes, it's Tourmaline, Yes, Tourmaline, right? yes. Yes. What is she like as a director that maybe gave you more from what you learned from Dewey. How was that? Uh, she is more meticulous and she is more um, detail-centered. Uh, she, like, very, very specific detail. Like, we met up so many times to discuss just um, really, like, breathwork of Mary. Like, where's Mariette in this space? Like, what's Mariette, Mary's zodiac chart? Where does Mary's... Uh, like cat like to drink like just very very different from king esther's process i loved that process too so i i don't know i i can't compare but i definitely am obsessed with wanting to be a director now so yeah with uh salacia i didn't know about us is seneca about village seneca village yes present present day known as central park i had no idea about that yeah in just under six minutes yeah it is crazy i had no idea either um syndical village if no one knows uh was um a predominantly black neighborhood in new york city that was owned ran uh supplemented by black people in the 1800s so um by uh i can't remember what the protection order is called uh, they seized the land new york city and awful really mean white people at the time um and stole the village and displaced a lot of people so yeah super cool story where where was seneca village uh, located on central park where it is now do you know was it like more i north, think south, it or? was we shot uh one of the scenes it was on 86th street like in the park 86th street and uh central park west I believe. Okay. Yeah. That's the outside scene. I don't know if that scene is in that version, but yes. Um, you'll see in another version that's coming out, um, the outside scene. So, yeah. Oh, there's another version. Wait, what is the other version? What is, what is that version? There's a longer version coming out. Um, it's, I think, 30 minutes. And um, oh. it's an expansion of the five-minute uh, piece. 
that is produced by another heavy hitter in Hollywood. So stay tuned. Are you in that one too? I am the star of that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Can, go. Who is the heavy hitter? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'm at liberty to say yet, which is super cool to be like that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe off the record. Just kidding. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, it's super. It's called Mary of Ill Fame. So it's um, just a, another iteration of the Salacia film. So, yeah. Right. And I, I have a, we have another question because we are big fans of Baba Yaga, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> John Wick. I think John Wick 2 honestly might be top 10 best sequels ever made. That's a hot take. Right? Yeah, I love John Wick 2. Ooh. Anyways, how was Kiana? How much time were you able to spend uh, with him? I heard he is the nicest guy. Please tell me that's true. <laughs> he is like, I think his, I need to Google this, but I think his name means cool breeze over a mountain or something like that. That's truly who he is. He is the coolest, kindest, sweetest guy. So I'm happy to make your dreams come true. Um, I got to spend, I think, two hours with him the day for the photo shoot. Um, he he met me and he instantly started asking me about the work. Uh, he's an actor's actor. He is very uh, diligent in, um, <laughs> in making sure that you know your work. And he was very kind and just, I don't know, like he looked at me like I was a person, not like a trans person, not like I was the star of his film, just like another actor, like another human. So hella cool. Can't wait to work with him again. Uh, hopefully on John Wick or another Matrix. Ooh. Who knows? I, I'm manifesting right. one of them. <laughs> oh, Rowan, we would be so happy for you. That'd be so cool if you could do that. Oh, that will be we're speaking into existence yes. now it's gonna happen it's happening it's happening i receive it <laughs> come down now now salacia so um we'll be i'll be pretty upfront with about salacia very cool looking movie awesome story because it tells the story of mary jones who and i guess this is sweet movie morsel slash history morsel we do a little segment like that where we dive deep um mary jones was a sex worker in seneca village who was thrown into prison for seven years for stealing a man's wallet mm -hmm. and back then the prisoners worked for free um uh, like basically mining mm -hmm. Correct? Something along those lines. So a lot of the infrastructure of New York was built on the backs of the prisoners, such as Mary Jones. And so, you know, I was just in New York in November, and after hearing that, Tourmaline explains that in the intro to Salacia. It's very crazy, you know? Especially it's, it's hearing all of these stories that we've never heard that I feel are so important. Erasure is so real. Um, I mean, and I think that is the testament of this country uh, with just stealing a lot of shit. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. I am like wild and fascinated by the stories, but I'm also just not shocked at this point. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful um, like honoring for the people of New York and the black people of New York who Baxit was built off of and in just New York history because who knew about this shit? Not me. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, and like, 
spending two years in New York, I had no idea until I watched, you know, the six minute video. Yeah, I lived there for so, like six years and yeah, crazy. Like literally walking around Soho and and we got to actually shoot on Governor's Island in one of the historical prisons there, um, which is now a museum. But it's crazy. I'm like, wow, like Mary Jones technically built all this shit. So give her her things, museums. <laughs> Let, let's let's give it back. Let's, give it back to her. I think that brings into with with um with with everything going on with Black Lives Matter and um it, all all of the different movements going along. How, how has that been for you? What does that mean to you? Um, it means to me that uh, trans people will finally get some liberation, um, especially Black trans people. Um, but also we're tired like because we've been doing this work i mean not me specifically but trans people black trans people and trans people of color have been doing this work for what 50 years 100 years 200 300 years now it's time for us to get reparations it's time for us to actually just be considered fucking human in this world um and it, for me, it means it's time for white people to recognize that privilege and to pass the torch and to let us lead, right? And to honor us, really honor us for all the work that we have done for all this time. We deserve it. Thank you. This has been my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> what is... What are, and I guess even to like I, I guess this probably adds to the question we asked earlier about how can uh, how can we be allies for trans people how can we be allies for the Black Lives Matter movement um, and help bring light to a lot of the injustices that have been going on we had a take about this a few takes ago and it'd be great to hear from you yeah um, I think what people have been doing um, especially I know in our community. Um, People have been lending their social medias to trans people to like, you know, spread our word and to spread our ministry and to just bring light on our community, which is so stupid because we've been here for forever. But by all means, let's do that. But reparations, money is great to donate to trans uh, led organizations um, and also just making space and opportunity uh, for black people and for uh, black trans people to create their own wealth and their own legacies uh, without um, being confined and being constrained by societal norms and all this bullshit. So, yeah. Just to basically be treated like anyone else? I, w I would have, that's what it sounds like. Hell yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Any other person? That's, th thank you for sharing that because it's, yeah. it gets, yeah. I don't, I don't, for me at least sometimes and I don't know for TC probably for a lot of people is sometimes it feels daunting you know because like where do I start but you've gave us a lot of great uh, organizations and outlets where you can start really small yeah. protesting petitions um, donations absolutely that's great well we will include um, just some links to the organizations that you've mentioned we talked off uh, last week about a few other organizations we'll throw them in the description um, guys, go donate, uh, volunteer, sign petitions, get get going. It's an ele election Spre year, so register to vote. Spread love. Because it's Be a big kind. one. Yes, go vote. Yes. All of that. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Alicia, I honestly, 
Put yeah. it in a put it in a pot, stir it around like gumbo. Just all the good stuff. Yes, you know? gumbo. <laughs> I yeah, well said, Del Rowan. Thank you so much for those words because, yeah, we, we're learning and we just want to, you know, do our best and we want to just have everybody else do their best as well and just be united. Grow. Thanks for yeah. being receptive, yeah. y'all. Oh, for sure. Of course. This is, and actually, that kind of leads us to, those are mo- most of the questions that come with salacia and king esther has been really great and now you've gotten all this experience meeting keanu reeves um working with uh janet hubert working with dewey gerard uh, tourmaline what now other projects do you have coming up or projects that you would like to work on uh projects that i would like to work on um there's this uh trans black trans artist named jackie shane uh she's a grammy winner now uh, but she was a, a soul singer back in the 50s and 60s around the, like the Little Richard era and James Brown and Motown and all that jazz. Um, she recently passed away and I just want to like bring light to her story and because um, I am a recording artist myself. Um, so I would love to play her or at least just like facilitate um, and cultivate the story around her life. Um, so that's one of my like dream directing producing projects. Uh, but for me uh, personally I'm working on my album again Uh, title coming soon drop date coming soon Um, so yeah I'll be looking out for that we'll we'll come back we'll we'll have you announce it on the pod we'll do whatever we'll we'll announce it scream it to the rooftops when it does come out oh we for (laughs) sure will and so okay so that project would you have you ever thought of writing would you want to like write it as well I would love to. I've never written a screenplay or anything of that measure, but I would love to take a stab at it. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as you're involved. Absolutely. So cool. Oh yeah. I I would just lend my name to it. As long as I get to be there, I would love it. <laughs> That's unreal. I I do think it is time now, though. We spoke last week on the phone, as I think I've mentioned this like twelve times. <laughs> It was, it was an amazing talk. It was like we talked for like an hour. Um, when we made the connection with Brandy, immediately we were like, oh, Cinderella from 1997. Absolutely. So we, I told her, I was like, well, normally like we interview, but like, do you want to do a review? Heck and yeah. Welcome to the review section of this podcast. We're going to review 1997 Cinderella. Woo! <laughs> Okay, who wants to, who just wants to like give their thoughts first? Uh, let's go with uh, Rowan. Why don't you go? Yeah, Rowan, you start us off. Start us off. Yeah, you're the star. You're the MVP here. I think Cinderella is a testament to Black girl magic or Black woman magic. Uh, it is the story. I mean, it's the classic story of rags to riches. A girl who has a dream and she doesn't believe it's possible. She has this fairy godmother and she comes and grants her this wish, but then reminds her that the dream and the wish is always in inside of you, and she becomes this princess and lives happily ever after. I think it's great, and it's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Even better, they need to make a sequel with me. Yeah, and Brandy, Brandy needs to be the fairy godmother. I have been saying this yes. since I was born, and let's make it happen, y'all. Sweet film talk productions. <laughs> we will make it happen. It, oh, we'll front it. We'll front it, baby. 
start get in theaters now when i was when i was watching cinderella because i i remember vividly when the carriage comes in and the mice turn into the horses and all that i remember that scene but everything else i don't recall so rewatched it last night and <laughs> let me say this the music's pretty good in it i it's, think the music is great it's phenomenal I, I like it. how could you i mean whitney houston is involved you think that music was gonna be trash the voice rowan i gotta say i just try not to get my expectations up oh, i feel you I feel- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god fantastic uh it's so infectious uh, so no, I thought the music was great. Uh, the acting is, uh, you know, it's a little. It's so campy. It's so campy, it's okay. but it's musicals. <laughs> it is. That's, it, that's it, the best it word needs, for it. It's, it just, it's campy. Yes, it needs camp. Yes. yes. <laughs> and this yes. is TC's go-to phrase, which is Big Baller for Brands phrase: "Stay in your lane," and they totally do. They like, they did it perfectly. Oh, they totally stay in their lane. It's it is a blast to watch. It is so fun. The, co- the costume designs, Cinderella's dress looks great. The prince, the production uh, I gotta design. Say, I gotta say, my guy Jason Alexander. I love George Costanza. His hairline is so bad; it's hilarious. <laughs> it's crazy. And, yeah, yeah. Brandy and Whitney Houston do a great job. Love their chemistry. Honestly, it's been forever since I've seen Cinderella. I remember after the movie, I was like, "Why did he? Why didn't he recognize her?" And they're like, "Oh, the spell, like, duh." Like, I was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, it's, it's been. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Hello." Oh my god! <laughs> yes. It the I, I wish it would have just been like a la Les Mis, where like they just sing everything. Yes. I just wanted them to sing everything. Brandy when uh, when she sings, and then the moment Whitney Houston pops in, I'm like, it. I'm sold. I'm in the whole time. I'm in. Literally, I'm like. When the remake happens with me, guys, we're going to make it a Les Mis style sing-along. So don't worry. I got you covered. Don't worry. Everyone in the theater, it will have the bouncing ball going across so you can sing with it. Do not worry. We've got you covered. Just like they did on Rocky Horror. Oh! We could have a whole other pod just to talk about Rocky Horror. I'm a huge fan. I'm just saying. It has been a while since I've seen it, but I loved it. Perfection. Another one. Part two. Interview. Not even. Inter- it'll be part interview. Part welcome. You're the new co-host of Sweet Home. <laughs> Dream job. We're talking bonus episode here. <laughs> yeah. You guys heard is it here first. That, like, is there anything we can like say bad about this movie? Because let's be honest. Like, you could, you could throw things out. Uh, something bad. I would say. I mean, I wasn't in it would be one Um, (laughs) two is not long enough three Whitney Houston isn't here anymore to play like my great fairy godmother I don't know like there's really nothing wrong with this film it kind of was like perfectly crafted to be to stand the test of time and to be perfect for everyone of any age so yeah yes my only complaint is there needed to be more music. More we music. On it. That would be the only complaint. More music. Yes. <laughs> I just I'm just looking back at like the opening where like she's walking through the market, which is clearly like 
Disneyland California Adventure oh, backstage. It's literally the freaking ride before you go on the teacups. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. They yeah. just blocked yeah. it off for twenty minutes so they can film it. Literally. Cinderella Cinderella, that's a nice name. It grows on you, huh? Oh yeah. It does. <laughs> you know, it does. it's by the back. It like does. literally. <laughs> staged. We love it. Um our our actually one of our really good friends, Maddie Murphy, the bad broadcast, we shout her out all the time. We love her. Um, she just on her podcast talked about this movie. And you and me had already talked about reviewing it, so we're like, oh, you just wait till our next take. We're talking all about Cinderella. It's going to be so jealous. Sorry, Maddie. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll, we'll come do another review of it on your podcast, or you can just come over yeah. here. We'll figure it out. Yes. Yeah. Pencil we'll you in. People, uh, call your people. <laughs> I'm going to give Cinderella a sweet rating. It is light. It has charm. Oh! It is very campy. But it stays in its lane, LeVar Ball. So Brandy does a great job. Love the chemistry. And yeah, yeah. Yay! I thought that I, but my favorite part, though, for sure, was the music. I, I really enjoyed the music. Absolutely. Rowan, what is, what is your grade? You can give it a letter grade, but you can also, but, or you can just, you can do both. Letter grade and sweet, sour, spoiled. I'm going to give it, can I give it a super sweet? Uh, of yes. course. <laughs> That's what I'm giving it. Brandy is perfection. Uh, Whitney is perfect. Everybody's perfection in that movie. So super sweet for me. <laughs> I, I, I think I've got to go with it too. I think we're all super sweet. I mean, I, I, we normally gave it a grade. I don't think you can really grade this movie because it's, it's, I mean, for me, at least fun-wise, it's an A. Everyone should go watch it. It's sweet. It's a good time. Especially during this pandemic, y'all. Go watch it. It'll make you oh, feel better. <laughs> Free on YouTube. Yes. The whole thing, it's y'all. A, it is. And just to watch that intro where you could see, like, the drawing of Walt Disney Home Video. Oh, brought me mm. back to the cassette player. Seriously. Oh, my God. I had every single one on tape. <laughs> What what was what was the one VHS that you just wore out while you were a kid? Can I be annoying and say the cartoon Cinderella? Oh no, that and Thumbelina. I, I was really obsessed with Thumbelina. Oh, is that like the fairy? Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Right, the thumb size fairy. Thumbelina. She's yes. like, what is she, the size size of a thumb or something? Yes. Thumbelina. Hence, Weird, hence Thumbelina. Obsessed. Yes, that was my jam. <laughs> they need, there's something, they need to bring VHSs back because there's something about that grainy, like, cool footage. I'm shooting just, every film and mood. It's like the 16 millimeter, uh, like, vibe. That's on Salacia, actually. I really... They don't make stuff like that anymore. I don't want to see shit in 4K. I, that's too close. I don't need you seeing my acne. Back up. <laughs> you know. You know. We like we like the VHS grainy look just a little bit. Just you know, just a little bit. Just sprinkle just, some. Just, just for just for some nostalgic. Yes. <laughs> we need it. We need yeah. it. Okay, everyone, okay. go uh, go watch Cinderella. It's literally on YouTube. Um. You know what they need to do? They need to throw that bad boy on Disney Plus. Oh yeah. I don't even have Disney Plus, y'all. I don't know what's on there. Girl, we'll we'll give you the login. I got you the HBO Max login Ooh, too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh H- HBO Copy. Max. I will be expecting that link after. Got, got you. you. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm ready for Rowan's top five. Kamiko, are you ready? 
This is our favorite time. Um, I, I don't even think there's any more to say. The top five. We've given you like a week to get it ready. It's the hardest part. Everyone always says it. Oh, we go from five to one or ten to one. How many movies you picked? Like what you like. Let's go. I switched up the game on y'all because I am in a series and I'm in a film. So I picked two series and three films. Is that okay? Awesome. Okay, cool. We love it. Let's go. Five to one, though. That's the only rule. Five to one. All right. My number five series. It will be a series first. I'm going to say um, the original. I mean, not the original. Spike Lee's new uh, She's Gotta Have It. The series oh, version of the okay. film, Obsessed. I think Dewanda Wise is perfection. I watched both seasons. They're on Netflix. I think they're still on Netflix. Fantastic show, Obsessed. Did he direct it? Ah, uh, yes, he directed it as well. I have not seen. She's got to have it. But that's his first film, right? Yes, it's just like the film, but it's broken down into uh, two seasons of a series. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's 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 still on Netflix. It is great. At least I mean, uh, season two like gets really expensive, but season one is phenomenal. Unreal. We we'll love Spike it. Lee. Love it. Big fan. She's got to have. She wait. She's wait. What was it again? She's got to have it. She's got to have it. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Okay, number five. She's got to have it. People, go check it out. It is on Netflix. There's no excuse not to watch it. Next one. Number four. Number four? Number four. Number four is so campy, but Gossip Girl. It was a WB show, I think, or a CW show. (laughs) I am a Blair Waldorf stan. Gossip Girl is my life and time story. I thought that was my life when I lived in New York, even though I was poor. Um, (laughs) But it is great. It is six seasons. It is on Netflix. It's actually, it has a reboot that's coming out um, that I sent in the uh, audition tape for. I didn't get it, but I will still be watching. Uh, it's going to be on HBO Max. So Gossip Girls number four. Season two. Rowan coming in season two. Yeah, Kirsten Bell's in the new one. Yeah, she's still, the, she's the voice of Gossip Girl, or the, at least online. So. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't even know Blake Lively like was in Gossip that. Girl. Yeah, she's one of the stars. Blake Lively, uh, Penn Badgley, mm-hmm. Chase Crawford, um, uh, Chuck, Chuck's character. I can't even think of his name, but I love him. Uh, Ed, Ed Westwick. Oh, and Taylor Momsen is in it. Love her, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I wow. made it. I think okay. I got, I watched it with my sisters to season four, but I know the end. But like, I still want to watch the rest of it. You have it's. I mean, you're gonna be disappointed when you find out who Gossip Girl is if you don't already know. Oh, I know. Ugh. I know who it is. Such a letdown. I'm so dis. I'm still eight years later. I'm disappointed. Just so y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep that energy. Keep it going. That's why they had to reboot it. They're like, okay, we heard from Rowan that she didn't like the end of the season, so we just we gotta, gotta redo it. it. Exactly, my changed. voice matters. Come on, guys. Hey, it's not you know, it's not it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and that applies to television. Right. <laughs> All right. Number three uh, is going to be Devil Wears Prada with. Uh, Meryl Streep, who is a cancer like me, and Anne Hathaway. Ooh. Uh, I have a confession. I have never seen this movie. 
also have not seen this movie. The blasphemy. Yeah, it is like if you hang it. up right now. The scene work <laughs> that Miranda, I mean that Meryl does as Miranda. That's all I have to say. That's I all. It's, I heard it's. I, that's I heard all. It's <laughs> yes. Rowan, we will wa- we will watch this movie and we will get back to you. Yes, it's amazing. Maybe when we watch it, you'll come on and just review it with us with Maddie because Bad Broadcast, I think that's her favorite one. What? So this might oh be a perfect God, chance for a crossover. I love Devil. I would love that. <laughs> What's it? We'll, we'll put it. We, we've got your info. We don't even have to contact your people. We're just friends now, so we can just DM you. I mean, hey. <laughs> Instagram. Okay. <laughs> okay. Devil Wears Prada. TC, we got to put it on the list. Yeah. Short list. Okay, number two. Number two is going to be The Matrix. Ooh, you kind of gave me a hint as to why you like this one. Let's go. Let's go. I love this film. Obviously, Keanu, he is my executive producer. Just going to just throw that in there. Uh, I kind of know him. (laughs) Um, But it is a story that was um, not originally a trans story, but the director and writer, um, she is trans. She is freaking amazing. Uh, I actually started just following her on Twitter. Uh, I sent you guys the link. Um, but it was originally just about a, sto- a story about rage and oppression in society. But then it became a story about autonomy and um, saying I, pretty much F you to your oppressor. So I love that film, The Matrix. She, she even talks about it in Disclosure as like, it, it was a way of her, like you said, like channeling her aggression yes, and putting it on paper. And like she said yeah. at the time, like she had no idea that this was going to be a story about her life and about, you know, her soon to be transitioned. So, hell yeah, I love it. Yeah. La- Lana Wachowski, right? Yes, Lana. Lana. That was it. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Matrix is ahead of its time. Matrix is really good. Truly. So good. 1999. Can you believe that? That film. I was six. Wow. We all were. Oh my God. That's right. We're all the same age. Oh, right. Oh. Okay. Now I don't feel like a baby on here. That's great. Rowan, when's your your birthday? June 23rd. It just passed. Oh. Oh. 93. Yeah. We we have something we want to give you, by the way. So we'll we'll get your information. Oh. I'll send you something. You guys. From your, from your favorites from Sweet Film Talk. All right. We are ready for number one. Drum roll. It is the film we reviewed, Cinderella. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know if y'all had a bet on that, but that's what it is. It is obviously say, my yeah, favorite for be, all the reasons. It has to be in the top five. Hella, it's my number one movie of all time. It is the only Cinderella that exists. There are no other live action remakes. Sorry. Not one from five years ago. This is the only one. This is the only one. Sorry, Julie Andrews. She was in the original live action, but sorry. It's Brandy all day. (laughs) I didn't even know that. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Legend. Legend. That wow. Let's love Julie Andrews. That's how Julian. That's a stack. That's a stack. Pretty stacked top five. Diverse right there. Thank you. I was stressed about it all week. You gotta ask my husband. He was like, "Girls, just pick something." (laughs) (laughs) Is your husband there? Yes, he is here. Will he say hi? Will he come say hi? 
Just scream hi, babe. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Let's go. We're great. Hot. I turn off my AC and it's just, it's real warm in my one bedroom apartment. Oh, no. <laughs> but we're living, baby. Here we are. Here we are. Nice, that nice Arkansas humidity. Uh, wow. Well, that. I love it. Take 90, Rowan. What a top five. Thank you so much for all the information, everything. Kamiko, do you have anything else? Anything, Rowan, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I just, well, actually, I do. I want to say stop killing black Absolutely. trans women to all the people out there. That is uh, my stance on everything at this moment. And I just want to say thank y'all for having me. This has been so much fun. And I can't wait to come back. <laughs> Let's go. With, it, with, a pleasure. When you re- when you drop your album and you go on tour, I'll make some jambalaya. Keeks will fly out from Arkansas, and we'll just we'll we'll get Cinderella on a projector. And I need some sweet talk merch. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. Come oh, to the concert in our sweet talk hats, and we're good. <laughs> that might be a hint as to your birthday gift. Oh, we can neither confirm nor deny what that is. Surprise me. <laughs> we will surprise you, but. Yes. We yes. Don't we'll, we'll surprise you. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> um, that was all. It it has been a blast. We will have you come back on. We'll probably review Devil's Wear Devil Wears Prada. We'll probably just have you come on every week. Who knows? Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. And um, yeah. Next take. Uh, it's IMDb two fifty, which uh, me and TC IMDb two fifty. So Rowan, we got to vent with you a little bit, just really quick before we go. Uh. We're taking, we're watching every movie on the IMDb 250 best list. Okay. 250 to number one. We're at like 205, 210 to 206. And we're not going to lie. Some of these movies are rough to watch. Oof. But we do it for the people. <laughs> so. Good luck, guys. Guys. <laughs> what was the last film before. that you guys watched? Uh, Cinderella for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Disclosure, but like, oh gosh. And these were filmed on the list too? Oh no, IMDb, the last film we watched, uh, what was it? Was it Harry Potter? No. Harry Potter was on it. So we watched like Harry, oh gosh. No, now we gotta was, go uh, back and It was Platoon. And the list. Ben-Hur, Rush. Uh, but the last movie I watched before Cinderella was Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, I love oh, that yeah. one. Yeah. Ooh, that is a good one. And, and then before that was Crazy Stupid Love. Man, it's been rom-coms. Yeah, well, I heard you didn't like Crazy Stupid Love, but it's okay. We forgive you. Yeah, <laughs> we do. I don't want to have to show Thank the you. polls of what the sweet said about Crazy Stupid Love, but Whoa, not it was right in the middle, Seeks. It was right in the middle. No, no. <laughs> I'm staying firm though. I will demand. Uh, I'll well. I'll defend that movie to the death. But um, actually, last movie okay. I watched was uh, Million Dollar Baby. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, you, Ooh, oh that's a good one. <laughs> huh? It's, it's, it's a that's on my list. Yeah, it's good though. I really liked it. Yeah. Hillary Swank. Huh. Really okay. Good. All right. I, I love Hillary, so I definitely had mm-hmm. to see that. Perfect. Okay. That that is take ninety then. Um. Everyone stay... I can't think of anything else. Rowan said it best. Um, Will you give us a stay sweet to take us out on the count of three? Thank y'all so much for having me. And y'all stay sweet. Sweet. Sweet.
Sweet. Sweet. Sweet.